And we're back. It's your girl, Oatmeal Brown. And you know what it is. It's Out the Box with Oatmeal Brown. Today, just like any other day, I got a special guest who is an amazing author. Uh, He is a former Grambling State University student. You know, it's always Graham fam. We're going to push each other. We're going to pub each other as much as we can because there's a lot of people in this world that uh, embody so much and we have so much to offer the world. So I love to highlight, I love to get him in on out the box so we can continue to enlighten and inspire and put a lot of great energy out into the world. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to you two-time published author, attended Gramlin State University, graduated from the University of Missouri at Kansas City, also earned a master's degree in writing from John Hopkins University. He has a new novel, The Peregrine, expected in early 2020. So again, without further ado, I would like to introduce to you, Che Parker. What's up, Che? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I mean, you know, I had to get all that out like I was a mistress of ceremony and I was, you (laughs) You know, introducing you, you know, to the the crowd. But hey, I had to do it. It's it's an amazing opportunity to do so and just an amazing opportunity to to talk to you. So I'm happy to be here. Yes. uh, Tell the people what's going on. What, What else do you have going on? Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, really excited to have this chance to to chat with you and to your listeners, to your audience. I've been in the last year just grinding away on some new projects. Really, really excited about my new book. Um, it's been about it's been about 12 years actually since my first book was published um, through Simon Schuster, um, Strapper Books, an imprint of Simon Schuster. So I'm really, really excited to get back out there with a new story, new characters, a new product. And um, just happy to have this to share with with readers. Okay, so what was the name of the first book? It's been 12 years. I can't believe it's been that long, but I guess it has. (laughs) I remember when you were doing, you know, some book touring and book signing with the first book. What was the name of that book? Sure, yeah. My first book was published in 2007. I can't believe it's been that long either. Right. And um, the title was The Tragic Flaw. And um, basically it's about organized crime in my hometown, of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, one of the twists that came with the story is that the main character was actually biracial. Okay. And he's kind of the product of an illicit affair between his dad, who, you know, was a gangster, mafia, Italian type of guy, and his mom, who was um, African American lady, which, you know, in that whole culture is a big no no. And so a part of the story is him really trying to fit in in that story. And at the same time, doing all these deeds on the streets to earn respect. Okay. Um, so it's something that was, for me, it was one of those stories that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I read someplace like, you know, if there's a story you haven't seen, then you have an opportunity to create it yourself. And so, you know, that's what I did back in uh, 2007. Okay. That's great. Uh, what inspired you to start writing? Did you just, is that something that you've always wanted to do? Uh, what brought that about? Yeah, I always enjoy writing. Uh, going back to elementary school, junior high, high school, 
it was something I enjoy. One of my first loves as a reader was uh, comic books, you know, things like um, the X-Men and Spider-Man and um, Superman, that sort of stuff. You get to dive into these worlds. And as a kid, I would read that and just be fascinated with the language, with the characters, with their backstories. Anyway, that at that age, I said, you know, this is pretty cool. This is something I'd like to explore, um, you know, one day. And it was interesting as a kid growing up in Kansas City, I wasn't, and I, maybe it's just true for a lot of black kids in inner cities, you don't really know what's possible. Like, I didn't know that I could write movies and write books and that sort of thing at a young age. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't exposed to it. Mm-hmm. So as I got older, you know, I had to really educate myself on what was even possible in the world. And um, at one point, I guess when I moved to the D.C. area, I said, you know what, there's a story I've been thinking about about this character named Cicero and it's a tragic flaw. And initially, uh, you know, funny story, I wanted to write it as a screenplay. And in in my ignorance, I had never even seen a screenplay before. I never read one, never seen one. Uh I didn't know what I didn't know what it looked like, but I just, you know, wrote some things down and I had a few pages, maybe about 10 pages. And I showed it to a friend and said, you know, what do you think about my screenplay? And my friend, he was an actor and, and, you know, done some local stuff. And he kind of chuckled and said, this is not a screenplay. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's way too detailed. You have too much going on, blah, blah. He's like, this is almost more of a book. Uh-huh. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to write a book then. And that's kind of how it, so it kind of happened um, by accident in a lot of ways because I started off as a screenplay. It wasn't a screenplay, so I just turned it into a book. Wow. That's amazing. And that's a, that's an, a great thing and an awesome story because – those passions and those things that come out of us, it, for some reason, it starts off as one thing and then it can end up as something else. Yeah, definitely. That is, and that's when you know that you've got a love for something and you're going to keep on doing it. But it's a, I'm not going to say it's a strange thing, but it's ironic that it, it happens that way, you know? Definitely. I agree. So, you know, is that the only thing that you have going on is is the writing? Um, as of right now, yeah, I've, I've, I've been in a position where I could dedicate, you know, 100 percent of my time over over the past year, frankly. And it's it's been a blessing. You know, sometimes um, creativity and the arts can be seen as a privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have time to sit back and think and, and be creative and be in that space, um, then you don't have the opportunity to, to put out new work and, and that sort of thing. It's really, it's, to me, I, I kind of see it as a privilege. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to put together something um, that's really, really compelling. So my, my new book, um, it's about uh, you know a little black girl that grows up in DC and she discovers that she has powers. Okay. And um, after her father is um, unjustly murdered by the police, she uses her powers to get revenge. And um, it's something that I, I'm very passionate about. You know, we often see ourselves as victims or victims of trauma, which I'm, I would never discount that. I mean, that happens. That's a fact. Right. But I also wanted to present a character, a situation, and scenarios where young girls can be empowered and they can be strong and they don't have to sit back and and be a victim 
And so I'm excited about about the story and I'm excited about the potential in terms of the audience. This is my first kind of foray into writing something for the young adult market. So it's really kind of for, you know, young adults, teenagers, college kids, and certainly, you know, adults of all ages. Um, but it's something new for me and I'm just really, really excited about it. Well, I can't wait to read it. And I mean, just those things, those specifics, you know, those small details that you gave us and given me today is like, okay, I could see that being a very, you know, um, not just interesting, but Mm -hmm. exciting to see what she's going to be able to do, you know, what she does um, as, as her, her source of revenge. So that's great. That is great. And going into uh, just to piggyback off of something mm-hmm. you said earlier, and this is going to tie into what we're going to discuss uh, today on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You said you didn't know what a screenplay was. You didn't, you know, try to even identify what it was. You just wrote it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you showed your friend, and he said, this is more like a book. And that goes into, you know, us desiring to want to do certain things, but not going where to, not knowing where to go look for it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of information out here in the world in general, and you know, some of us, some of us may say, "Well, hey, you can go here and look for that." Or, mm-hmm. hey, you know, talk to this person or that person mm-hmm. and you can get the information, right? Right. And in this world now, especially uh, social media where you got all these people with all this information, mm-hmm. we're drowning in information, right? Right. But we're starving for wisdom. Right. You know... What, how do you feel about that? How do we, you know, us, we know it. And so we try to push out the right things. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like sometimes the right things get drowned out by everything else and how even adults are drawn in to the wrong thing? Oh, sure. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, we're living in in sort of very tricky times, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of, directly to your point, there's so much information out there and and all this content. And, you know, what do I trust? What do I believe in? What do I give value to? Mm -hmm. You know, what what do I lend my time to? Time is precious today, right? Right. I mean, half the time we're stuck in traffic or we're trying to get to this place or that place and we're running around and, you know, we don't have as much time, I don't think, as we did maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And so, you know, my story, the way I kind of came into this is I was coming at this from a place of of just sheer ignorance. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with being ignorant, right? And and I I wouldn't say I was dumb or stupid or or lacking uh, intelligence, but Mm -hmm. I did lack information. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's... What helped me and I think what could help a lot of people is you have to want it. You have to want to know more. You have to want to be a better person either in 
and reading more and learning more, educating yourself, there has to be a certain kind of inherent desire within you to pursue these things and to be better and to want to get smarter and to educate yourself on certain things. And so I think if you're out there seeking knowledge and seeking information, that's just the first step. Mm-hmm. You know, the first the first step is to take the first step. Right. Right. Kind of, kind of just get out there. And I think it's also important to seek out or surround yourself with people that you trust. Um, that That is huge, right? So if I went to a friend of mine and said, you know, what do you think about this? And they just completely shot it down and said it was terrible. Like, why are you doing this? And that could have, it could have completely discouraged me and maybe I would have never written another word. Right, right. right. But, um, you know, I, I try to surround myself with, and I say try because, you know, we don't always hit the mark. But <laughs> exactly. you know, I try to surround myself with people that have my best interests at heart. And um, I think that's critical between, you know, family, friends, uh, different communities that we're involved in and that sort of stuff. So we have to kind of be around people that we trust and we trust their opinion. And even if they do have, you know, negative information for us or negative feedback or information that might hurt our feelings or whatever, it has to come from a place of love and it has to come from a place of, of you know, positive critical criticism, right? Right. And, and constructive criticism. And so if I'm starting out on a new venture, and I don't have all the information. I mean, the, the first thing I'm going to do is probably pull up my handy dandy Safari or Google or something and start diving into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we want to become experts or, on something or, or more uh, well-versed in a topic, the more information we get, the better, right? So we, mm-hmm. we kind of take this information in from different sources. And that's key too. you know, taking information in from different sources is critical. Um, so you're not biased. You're not leaning towards just one sort of um, source of information. After we start to kind of build a foundation and build a sort of baseline of understanding, then I think the next part, which is extremely critical, is sort of this discernment, mm-hmm. right? So we start to discern, okay, you know, what's good, what's bad, um, those sort of things. And so I think once we're able to discern Okay, this source of information is it seems more uh, credible, more viable, more legit. I'm going to lend my attention to this source of information. Then I think you you start to go down a path of truly understanding, and to your point, getting to a point of wisdom. So we take an information, we start to process it. Once we truly understand it, then we can apply that knowledge and apply that information, and start to. Hopefully, in whatever field we're seeking out, we start to become an expert in that field and we start to develop our own expertise. Right. And so I think it's it's a step-by-step process. I don't think you can rush that process. And again, you know, it's really critical to have folks around us that we trust and that we value their opinions. Right. Because, you 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 know, you're, when the wisdom comes into place is when you start seeing coming things coming into fruition. You know, things, when you apply it, you see it actually happening. And um, like you said, you have to want to know more. You have to want the knowledge. You have to want to seek that. And um, what I see is that so many people want it out on the surface. 
Right. You know, but they're not realizing that it has never been that way. You know what I mean? It's it's yep. never been that way. You'll see certain things, but there's so many details and in whatever it is, you got just in our history alone, there's a lot of details that was trying to be hidden and erased. Right. And so even now, like us, we grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to, I don't know what generation is, because I don't know the generation X from yeah, millennials. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know none of that. Right. So I may call the wrong generation the wrong thing. But uh, this is for the ones who um, go straight to Google. Uh, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't listen to you or me or someone Mm -hmm. that has actually experienced certain things. You know, someone who could say, well, uh, you know, we know who killed Tupac. It was, we Googled it, and this is the person that came up, right? Right. And then we're like, (laughs) no, we live that. That that didn't happen like that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like there's a generation that will actually battle you off of something that you've lived. You know what I mean? And it's like everything that you Google is not going to be correct. You have to have a spirit of discernment, like you said. And then you may talk to somebody from our generation who will say, well, I used the word before on social media and I said real is rare, right? There were some people who understood it immediately, others I don't, well, I mean, what? what is that? You can't tell me what's real and, and, you know, if it's a rarity. And I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're right, yeah. And absolutely. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, just Google. You know what I'm saying? Right, just Google right. what I said, and it's going to give you an, all the examples of what that means. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's, um, like you said, regardless of the age or who you are, you have to have... Uh, a spirit of discernment mm-hmm. and wanting to know what, you know, is right. What's the truth? What, what are, you know, what are the facts? Right. And so um, we have to want to do that. We have I to. Agree. Um, we see so much, even articles now, you know, news, everybody wants to have the, the best article or the most views or the most clicks, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, the, the five o'clock news, you know, they had to switch up the game so they can compete and get in the market, you know, with the social media world. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, we can look at that sometime and be like, that is so crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like what's, yeah, what's going on here? I thought you guys was, you know, serious, but it looks like you're trying to start riots. You're saying this is the riots are here. The riots are over there. And it's not really like that. They've edited it all together and made it look out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're definitely living in a time where everything is kind of about like the show mm-hmm. and, um, the presentation and and you touched on it like kind of just being on the surface right mm-hmm. and um you know views and likes and clicks and all that sort of stuff and people will do the craziest things just to get a little clout online and you know fronting and faking and all that stuff which <laughs> you know the way i grew up that you just didn't do that that was a no-no right you know? exactly like, 
because because you'll get exposed in real life right and you didn't you didn't want that work you know what I mean? like, <laughs> you didn't want that you know I, I've, I've been out at a bar or a club or something and you know been with some friends and maybe we have a little table or whatever we're doing and i've seen people come over to our table take pictures of our stuff like mm-hmm. they're with us and they're posting it on Snapchat and all that. And then they go back to their table. Like they're just doing it big or they go back <laughs> to no table. Like they were doing it big, you uh-huh. know? And I mean, I guess if that's what you're into, you know what I mean? Like do you, I, I've never felt the need to do that. Right. And, and, and frankly, you know, I've been broke too. Right. And there's no right. shame in being broke. I, you know, all. I would never, I guess maybe it comes from getting a little bit older and, and trying to be a little bit more mature but I've never like given somebody a hard time about being broke or not having money. Cause you know, that could be any of us any given day. Right. Um, I think what's important for somebody who might be out there struggling and striving and they're trying to do whatever they can to make ends meet is just that drive, that ambition, right? right? Like, let me, let me get it and never quitting. Uh, you know, people say that and it's, it's, it's almost like a cliche, like, you know, never give up, never give up, but it's true. I mean, it's real. When I, um, first wrote my, started writing my first book. I didn't know if it was going to get published. I didn't know if anybody was going to pick it up. It could have just been something that sat on my uh, laptop forever and, you know, never turned into anything. But every single day I got up in the morning and I wrote on it. And every single night before I went to bed, I wrote on it. And through this whole process, the only thing going through my mind was this story. I got to tell this story. I got to tell this story. And it took me nine months to write it and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And then when I was done with it, I sat there for a second. I said, oh, I'm done. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I, I thought to myself, oh, damn, well, now what? You know, and so and actually then the hard part really started. And, um, you know, the one thing that I never did was quit. I never quit. I never gave up. And so, you know, there are people out there that might be, you know, struggling and striving and trying to trying to, you know, fulfill their dreams and live their dreams. You just can't quit. You just have to keep going no matter what, no matter how difficult it is, no matter if you have naysayers in your circle or people saying you can't do it. First of all, you might want to get rid of those people right. if they're in your circle saying stuff like that. But there's nothing like just trying to get better at whatever you're doing. Um, those early mornings, those late nights, I mean... You know, nobody's going to come knock on your door and say, here I am. You know, here's your dream. Here I am. Right. Let's go. Like, you got to go get it. Like, you got to go get it no matter what, no matter what the cost. And so, you know, it all, it all kind of comes full circle. If we're trying to learn something, we're trying to get information, we're trying to better ourselves for whatever the reason, whatever the cause, um, that has to come from the inside. Right. You know, people outside can't motivate us. We have to be self-motivated and we have to want to go and get it no matter what. No matter what it costs, I just think that stuff is uh, is critical. Oh yeah, you know, and it's about it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. You know, yeah, because absolutely. Without that journey, you wouldn't even have a story right now. You know, I wouldn't yeah. have a story. I wouldn't be able to, you know, talk about hey, I started at ninety one point five. You know, KGRE. You know, K Graham. Yeah. At Gramlin, you know, doing the news on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, or Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, you know, that's all a part of it. And then getting out there and in the how times have changed and you still have to keep going. 
And then you got to be able to change up with the change. Sometimes the change is better, you know, especially with the world of technology. Um, Definitely. So uh, you're right. You got to keep going. You have to keep going. And I wanted to uh, say one more thing before we wrap it up here. Um, And I've just lost my train of thought. Oh, I got it back. Mm -hmm. So people, their success, Mm -hmm. your success is your own personal goal. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why sometimes people think that success would be that everybody knows you. You know right. what I mean? Like you're right. in the bright lights, you're you're at you're in Hollywood, you know, you're on the uh, talk shows and they're, you know, where everybody can see on, you know, national TV. They equate that to success. Right. And that is not correct. That is no, no. that is success for somebody who is shooting for that, and you mm-hmm. may you may get there, but you may not. But be, just mm-hmm. because you don't does not mean that you will not be successful. You know, I there agree. there are millionaires that people don't know. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? And it's I think that's critical for us to speak on that because you know, for some reason people are hypnotized or brainwashed. To thinking that success is like this huge fame factor, right? You know, yep. <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I go back. I think me and you, you know, I, well, I know we come from the same era, the same generation, the Tupac era, right? Right. And he said, you know, um, uh, give me the money after fame, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I, I want the money, right? <laughs> and it's interesting. I mean. Success is how we define it. It's right. not how other people define it. And I think that that is something that's extremely difficult for people to uh, kind of wrap their heads around, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we, you know, I think, and a lot of times too in the black community and, and other communities too, I don't I don't just say it's just us, but it's, you know, we're concerned about the keeping up with the Joneses and that sort of thing and appearances and all that. And, you know, I've been there to a certain extent, but I never really let that stuff really influence me. Um, I've always looked at what do I want? Like, what's important for me? What do what do I consider success? Mm-hmm. And and that is my driving force. It has to come from me because when the chips are down and things are going tough, a lot of those people you are trying to impress will not be around. No. Like I, can guarantee, I can guarantee you that. And so... It, we have to, to a certain degree, be kind of, it doesn't sound good, but be kind of self-centered, right? Like, I got to be concerned about me. I got to take care of me. And in doing that, then I can, and if I reach my goals, then I can give back and help other people reach their goals, right? Like, right. If, if we don't get to a certain place of, quote, unquote, success, then, you know, how, we won't be in a position to help our friends, to help our family, to help, you know, other people that we don't even know. Right. right, because because we we haven't done it, we haven't been there. Right, and so it's important for us as individuals and as part of a larger community to do the best that we can do in whatever we're pursuing. You know, whether it's being a doctor, a lawyer, or being the best mechanic or the best electrician or whatever that is. And then at some point, once we reach that pinnacle, that highest point that we are that we're happy with, 
then we turn around and pull the next one up and say, this is what I did. This is how I can help you. Right. And I think ultimately, you know, none of us are going to live forever. And so it's important that we have a legacy. You know, what is, you know, it's something I think about all the time. What's going to be my legacy? What am I going to leave behind? Mm -hmm. And so my, my actions drive me um, and, and kind of drive what I want my legacy to be. And I think that's something that we should all think about. Right. Definitely. You'll have those books. Several yeah. books, people, you know, they'll be able to go to the library or, you know, pull it up online and, you know, find your books. Right. Yeah, they'll absolutely. be able to pull up my podcast. Like, yep. oh, <laughs> she was talking about that, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, I listened to Erica Badu still, you know, Baduism. Mm -hmm. It came out Definitely. in 1997. Song on there, Drama. Listen to drama. Drama explains the world today. Mm. And that was 20-something years ago. I mean, yeah. it's spot on. But it's like that was a classic that she wrote pertaining to what was happening in the world at that time. But right. it's still spot on right now, this day, totally. But yeah. we touched on a lot of things, a lot of good information, you know, we've enlightened ourselves, you know, we're motivating ourselves and that's, that's what, you know, helps motivate others. I don't motivate people to motivate them. I, I run it across myself first and then I right. put it out. You know what I mean? I have to run yeah. it across me first. And that's where, you know, we have to be able to express that as well and, and let people know, hey, like you said, it comes from within. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have it on the inside it's not going to be real on the outside. So that's a fact. Jay, thank you for being a guest today on out the box. And we've been out the box because that's what we're supposed to do is <laughs> <laughs> think outside the box because that's truly needed. It is truly needed. It's needed now and it will be needed later, but please tell the out the box audience how to find you, how to find your first book, how to, you know, when they should expect the new book to drop. Give them all your handles and all your information. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my books can be found on the uh, Simon Schuster website, simonschuster.com. They can also be found on Amazon and ordered that way. Um, I can be reached on, you know, all the platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Che Parker, Just hit me up, holla at me, I holla back. C-H-E Parker. Yep. <laughs> Come find me. Come find me. And what was the name of the first book again? Uh, the first book's The Tragic Flaw. The second one is uh, The Precious Life. And then the third one, uh, The Peregrine. All right. Well, thank you so much. I've enjoyed talking to you. Don't let this be the last time. Definitely, you, you're going to come back once the book drops. Yeah. So we can let them know that the book has dropped. We'd love to. For sure. So you take it easy. Take it light. But do what you do. I'll be chatting with you soon. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening to Oatmeal Brown and Out the Box and Out the Box with Oatmeal Brown. However you want to slice and dice it and mix it up, we're going to be here. So until next time, peace.